0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, so for coverage of the game and everything that happened in Miami, check out the Ringer NFL show for their game recap. And on the site, you can read Danny Heifetz on Andy Reid, Roger Sherman on Patrick Mahomes, and Robert Mays on Kyle Shanahan's Super Bowl deja vu. On The Ringer's YouTube channel, make sure to check out Slow News Day with Kevin Clark live from Miami with a bunch of special guests like Miles Teller and Glenn Powell. You can watch and subscribe at youtube.com slash The Ringer.
1: Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me today on this special trade deadline special is Kevin O'Connor from TheRinger.com, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Concert, O'Conflict, O'Candyland, O'Pinionated, Oh O'Climber, Kevin! Vernon, we got lots of trades. This is great. We, we did. We got lots of trades, uh, certainly since you and I have last spoken, and the trade deadline was just about an hour ago at time of recording. So let's go through this one by one. We will start with the big names. Uh, we ended last uh, or Tuesday's podcast by predicting who would be the biggest name that was moved. Who was the name you said? It was somebody I'm, I'm forgetting already. Who was it, Kev? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Marcus Morris? I don't no, know. No, it was Robert nice. Covington. It was Robert oh, that, thank Covington. You, thank Bobby. you, Bobby. Okay, Robert Covington, who it was, was Robert, moved, and not I the said, "Name."
1: And I said, "D'Angelo Russell." Sa- shout out to Mark Stein, who you right are after, a genius. no, I look, I just remember things. I'm like, uh, what's the, the elephant, Babar? I've got an <laughs> unbelievable memory. I'm like <laughs> Babar, so he, <laughs> hey, I've got this amazing memory. When when that deal went down, Mark Stein tweeted out, and like nobody really backed it up, but he was like, "Look, they are they are not doing this deal." to have D'Angelo Russell play on this team. This is like asset acquisition type of thing. And then some people came out and knocked it down as to not like hurt the value of being able to move D'Angelo Russell. But finally, it did take place, and D'Angelo Russell was moved. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Amari Spellman, and Jacob Evans all head to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 first-round pick that has top-three protection, and a 2021 second-round pick. Um when I saw this trade, I was absolutely shocked, and I was shocked because I thought you would, I thought you could get much better return in a D'Angelo Russell deal than Andrew Wiggins.
0: I wasn't shocked. Uh, I w- I thought to myself, "Oh, well, I guess Golden State got what they wanted. They got what they wanted." Earlier in the week, I had reported that the holdup in this trade was the draft compensation, because at one point Minnesota was offering a protected. 2020 first round draft pick and Golden State wanted an unprotected 2021 first round draft pick. And of course, what they did was they met in the middle top three protected 2021 pick, as you said, that becomes an unprotected 2022 pick if it doesn't convey. So for the Warriors, they end up getting a first round pick in 2021, which is a far, far, stronger draft class than what we're going to see this June with the 2020 class. Like if Minnesota ends up with the ninth pick or the 10th pick in 2021, that's going to end up a better prospect. You're going to have better players to choose from than what you're going to have with like the fifth pick or the fourth pick or even the third pick or maybe even the first pick in this year's draft. So for Golden State, look, man, I wrote about this this week. Russell was a good offensive fit there. Better than I think he got credit for next to Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. The defensive fit is poor, as discussed. But with Andrew Wiggins, despite all his failures and all the disappointment from him with the Minnesota Timberwolves, I still seem to think that he's going to be a good fit with Golden State.
1: Uh Barf!
0: Come on, man, give it to me. So here's the it's, thing. Okay, because the no. guy,
1: the guy is twenty point five point five million dollars, 33.6. Yep. Yeah. I mean, ev- everybody's right. now going to change their opinion on Andrew Wiggins because no, he's wearing not. a Warriors jersey. No, they're
0: not. Warriors fans are pissed right now. They should be. Well, Yeah, and understandably so because of what Wiggins was in Minnesota. But let's talk about what he can be in Golden State. You always do this. No, no, I don't always do do this. Listen,
1: Minnesota. I love you, Kev, but you want to see the best in everything. It's like when Houston acquires Carmelo, it's like, well, if he can do this and he can do this, and it's all this crap that he's never done, you want everybody, you always project them to be a radically different player than what we know they are.
0: We'll talk about things that I don't like from the trade deadline later, but with Wiggins for the Warriors, what he was in Minnesota was a guy they needed to be an on-ball scorer. They used him in pick and roll more than any other type of play, and he wasn't good at it. He just wasn't good at it. Wiggins is not going to be a good go-to scoring option. That's not what he is, and that's unfortunate. He's never going to meet the expectations of a number one pick. For that matter, he's never going to meet the expectations of what he's getting paid. To your point, he is getting overpaid. But for Golden State, what he can be is a guy who's playing a simpler game, operating with more spacing than he ever has before next to Steph and Clay. You're going to have Wiggins as a guy who for years has been an above average spot-up three-point shooter, getting a lot of open corner threes. He's a guy who's good at attacking closeout. He's a guy who's very good at cutting, but he played him in a system that never emphasized ball movement or cutting in Minnesota like they do in Golden State. He's a player who has become somebody who can make a simple pass because this season he has gotten so much better at not taking pull-up twos early in the clock. Only 11% of his possessions are pull-up twos from deep mid-range compared to 20-plus percent in past seasons. He is a guy who can run the break and transition, and he's shown flashes of playing hard and playing good man-to-man defense. So what can they get in him? not going to be a max guy it's not worth the money but he can be a, a good productive player next to Steph Curry next to Klay Thompson next to Draymond Green for Wiggins we're going to see a new version of him with Golden State that we were never never able to see with Minnesota
1: no it is a it is a waste of 30 million dollars um we're gonna play the,
0: this for, clip back in a year
1: uh, you know kevin what we
0: be, should make too much money let me tell you what we, hey
1: let me tell you what we should play back kevin number one he's already been on a team with two better players with jimmy butler and carl Towns. so i've seen what, him as a third option
0: what was the, the system though what the was the other system thing? there
1: oh now it's a systems problem. it is
0: system okay. matters come on okay. man well he's Don't playing in me. a different system now than he was for thibodeau don't tell me system and opportunity don't matter. It, they do. You you, you are the same person. How many systems trashes, you want him to play in? You're the same in? person who trashes Carl Anthony Towns. And how how says many he's not a winner. So how don't many tell
1: me? How don't many tell systems do you want him to that. play in, Kevin? How many systems you want him to play in? Before this you is, get to the moment where you realize this is just a guy that he does not play with heart. This guy ain't got it. This guy is going to show up every once in a while. In fact, we don't have to replay this. How about we replay the beginning of the season when he started off on hellfire and you, you said, (laughs) I don't buy it. I'm not buying in. Everybody's kissing his ass. Everybody's saying, Oh, this is the Andrew Wiggins we always thought he could be. And you, Kevin O'Connor, said, I ain't doing it. Not yeah. again. I'm and not I, buying hey, it. Hey,
0: well, that's where that's where you can see no, my consistency. Now, he, no, no, now, no. now he puts on
1: a Warriors jersey and it's like, nope. oh, now you're buying it. Get the F out of here. The,
0: the, you're making my point. I was right. No, when he no. was averaging, when he was averaging 28 points on like a 60% true shooting percentage early in the season and i said i'm not buying it but i do buy the improvement as a passer i was right i was right about that because the shooting was unsustainable the scoring was unsustainable but the passing improvements were real that was real he's not some star playmaker or anything like that but he's a better decision maker and he's taking smarter shots that was real but the production wasn't and now and now he is in a far far superior system with by far the best supporting cast he's ever had. I'm sorry. You can mention he played with Jimmy Bolter and Carl Anthony Towns, and he stunk, and you're, you'd be damn right. He did stink. He's been a bad player for a lot of years, a guy who for years doesn't shoot well, doesn't dribble well, doesn't defend well, doesn't rebound well. But what he has done is he has made incremental progress as a rebounder, as a defender, as a passer, as a decision maker, and now he's in a situation that can, hide some of his weaknesses as an on-ball scorer and highlight some of his strengths as a cutter, as a guy who, when he is focusing on it, can defend. And now he's going to be playing with more movement with the best teammates that he's ever had. This is going to help him. Is he worth $30 million? No. No, he's not. He's not worth that money. But this is going to help show a different side of Andrew Wiggins that we were never able to see in Minnesota and we're never going to see, and we'll never see wherever he plays. But in the right role, he can still be a productive player, and that's what we're going to see with Golden State.
1: All right. I hate this deal for Golden State. I hate it. I'd, I'd rather have D'Angelo Russell, for God's sake. And, you know, um, now,
0: I disagree, though. And here's why, though. Because even if Wiggins, let's say Wiggins disappoints, and we're like, damn it, they're stupid. They never should have traded for Wiggins. Wiggins is who he is. He's, he's an inconsistent player. He's a disappointment, doesn't have heart. Let's say that's the case. Well, you know what they did get, though? They got a very valuable first round pick in the trade, maybe, and, na- and now and now with Wiggins, when he becomes a free agent in three years, that would become a tradable contract in a year with all your other assets that you have, with the other picks you got, and whatever other young players you draft with your own picks and those picks for the next star player who's demanding a trade three years from now, whether that's Simmons or Embiid or Booker or Harden or whoever it maybe is. Maybe it's even Carl anthony Towns, for that matter. You are positioned with your picks and with a big salary filler to make that deal. It's about looking forward. It's a forward-thinking deal for the Golden State Warriors, and I love it for them.
1: Okay, I think that uh, Jerry West now advises the Clippers and if Jerry West would have still been with the Warriors he'd have said are you people insane? I I love the deal from the Minnesota side. And I like the what everything this guy has done. I this guy has very is really impressed me. Um in Minnesota leading up to this deadline, Gerson Rosas, because he got Malik Beasley. He got Juancho Hernan Gomez. I don't really care about Evan Turner, but he nabbed those guys in the deal. <laughs> Shots
0: fired at ET. <laughs> Why
1: well, don't I mean I just don't care about it. Um, but I do like those other two and think that I you know you got the money to pay them, pay them, and and those guys can both be rotation players on a good team. And you know I've been a huge Beasley fan, and now we got D'Angelo Russell. But most importantly. He got off that Wiggins contract, enabling them to be a good team going forward because you don't have a losing basketball player getting paid $30 million. Um, I like, I I mean, he got Russell Spellman and Jacob Evans. And then, like I said, he added a couple other young, nice pieces to to add around. If you're building a young core with Russell and Towns and Beasley, Hernan Gomez, I like Culver, the draft pick. I like what this guy has done in Minnesota.
0: You like Culver when he's been garbage for the Wolves.
1: Well, I I I understand he's he's struggled this rookie season. They've also had yeah, him playing point guard for god's sakes. Mm. He's not a point guard, Kevin. I know. He's not know. a point guard. And,
0: but, and Culver's such a hard worker that I wouldn't rule him out being like good long term, but it but it's been bad. Like he's been really bad. I understand. It, it's a bit scary. I hope he gets better. He and Year two at Texas Tech was better than year one, and that that will likely be the case for him in the NBA. I like him, and I
1: think he's going to be a player.
0: (laughs) And for him, having a guy like D'Angelo Russell will be helpful because Russell's going to obviously take on a heck of a lot of the ball-handling duties. And Russell, we saw him last season in Brooklyn become an all-star as a very high-level pick-and-roll scorer and a very good playmaker. And this season with Golden State, like we're going to find out with Wiggins when he's in that system, with Russell, we found out how much and how good he can be as an off-ball player. He last really showed his ability as an off-screen shooter, as a cutter at Ohio State. And with the Warriors, we saw that side of D'Angelo Russell shooting off of screens, off spot-ups, off dribble handoffs. It was nice to see that side of his game on offense. And hopefully for Minnesota, we're going to still see some of that. I think I would be disappointed if Ryan Saunders turns him into just what he was in Brooklyn as a pick and roll guy. I think the best version of Russell is a guy who's playing on and off the ball. And, and if you're thinking about Jarrett Culver long-term as being a guy who does handle the ball for you, and if you're running a multi-ball handler offense, whether it's running through Towns on the, on the high post or whether it's running through Culver on the wing or the high pick and roll, I think if you if that's the plan, this is a good thing for Culver because it's less pressure on him, but he can still work with a guy like Russell who is potent off ball.
1: Yeah, I just like I, I like this for Minnesota a lot, and and I think that guy deserves praise. Uh, most Gerson, importantly, Gerson
0: Rosas. That is,
1: I would have never imagined that he could get a player of D'Angelo Russell's caliber in moving Andrew Wiggins ever, ever. It's, even it's attaching fa- a pick. I would have never thought that you could get a player that good in a in a Wiggins deal.
0: And also, you know, with the other news today was the Knicks hired Leon Rose to be their president. And he is, you know, longtime agent at CAA. He represents, represented Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell, of course, was also is a client at CAA. And look, this is years from now, but if you think about... If Towns were to ever leave or demand a trade, one of the places would logically be where his former agent is now running basketball operations. And now you're giving it an opportunity for Cat. You bring in one of his best friends in the league and Russell, and these guys like each other. They are friends off the court. They will likely coexist well on the court, on the offensive end of the court, at least if you're a and the Timberwolves, you're, you're really, you're investing in cat here too yep. you're, try, you're hey. trying everything you can to make things work and minimize the chance of him demanding a trade you're minimizing the chance of the Knicks or some other big market team trying to lure him away
1: are you uh uh, uh on that side note have you ever been around Leon Rose I don't believe I have it's so fascinating to see it okay because you you know when John Calperi was the coach of the Memphis Tigers World Wide West was omnipresent right and he's Leon's guy and obviously, they're both going to be in the front office of the Knicks. And, and Cal Perry, they're all they're all big buddies, right? And then Leon Rose had OJ Mayo. And just this past summer, when we were at Summer League, Leon Rose was in my hotel room because he represents Jonas Valanciunas, who I was having on after he signed his deal, his free agency deal, whatever. He, uh, he is a super smart guy, and he is a no-nonsense guy. Um, and he is so well-connected this, I mean, I, I did just that, had,
0: it. I, it just he, weird. Did he yell at you at all? Like get
1: your feet off the chair? No, 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 like no. He was in my room. I wasn't in his room. <laughs> um, he is, uh, um, but I've always liked Leon Rose, but he just has Jeez, weirdly. Jeez, your,
0: your bathroom's a mess. Is your house yeah, like right?
1: this too? <laughs> He's, he, I, you know, I was kind of intimidated, honestly. Right. I didn't expect that. is to walk in with, with everybody. Um, but he, um, I've always I've always liked the guy, and I was shocked what I think as a lot of people were to see that news that they're going to be running. But I'll tell you this. You want to find movers and shakers? Leon Rose and World Wide West are – that's them. There is no greater movers and shakers than that crew. And if you want to try to get players with the Knicks, buddy. I mean, World Wide West, I mean, you'd see him at a Memphis basketball game, and then that night you'd see him – you know, uh, standing on the sidelines of the Falcon Seahawks, and then the next morning you'd see him with Jay-Z and Beyonce on a yacht. Like, these guys, they're so connected with everything in both sports and entertainment. It's unbelievable. Um, and to think that they're, you know, a guy that was once around, uh, you know, everybody, you know, he's a mysterious guy. Nobody really knew what he was doing, but he was so connected with everybody. Leon and World Wide West can make some things happen. I'll promise you that. And so... The Knicks fans, I'd I'd be pretty excited because I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I'd be pretty excited because those guys can move and shake like nobody I've ever seen in my life.
0: You know, like who knows how this works out, right? But I I think for James Dolan to hire a guy that he has long trusted and long had a working relationship with, um, I think it's at least realistic and predictable that he's going to allow him to do his thing. And whether Leon Rose, you know, it's hard to go from being an agent to working in basketball ops. Bob Myers, when he was hired from the Warriors had one year before he was actually taking the reins of that front office. And Leon Rose won't get that year to learn things. Um, But as long as they continue to hire more basketball people around them, and I have heard that they will try to hire more guys who have been in front offices for years, if things could work out here, because he's a respected guy who has connections across the league with players. And of course, with executives and coaches, Including John Calipari, yeah, it's going to be hilarious
1: know- if yep, Cal's on that sideline next year. Yeah, who knows? Who,
0: who knows? You can't rule anything out, man. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> let's get to the other big name trades. Uh, Andre Drummond, who you and I, you know, I mean, look, we slandered him a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we didn't I, when the Hawks' name came up for him. Uh, when some of the other the Knicks came up for, like, there were other names that like were bandied about as like, hey, would they trade for Andre Drummond? Would they trade for Andre Drummond? Well. We saw it, and he got traded for a bag of peanuts. Um, Really just a trade so that he would not pick up his option in Detroit. He's mad about it. He immediately tweeted out, if there's one thing I learned about the NBA, there's no friends or loyalty. I've given my heart and soul to the Pistons, and uh, to have this happen with no heads up makes me realize even more, this is just a business. I love you, Detroit. You'll always have a special place in my heart, but on to the next Cavs. I hope you're ready. Let's finish the year off the right way. Um, so Andre Drummond was upset about it. It was a, you know, a pick, John Henson, Brandon Knight, I mean, basically expirings. And it was a deal that was obviously, uh, to have him not pick up his option next year. It, being that it's a player option and to pick up what, what are the Cavs doing?
0: They, I think for, look, so I've hated on Drummond many, many times on this podcast for being overrated and overpaid. Uh, but for Cleveland, it's the type of thing where, look, you get, at least a couple months and maybe another season to find out what he can do with, with, with Garland and Sexton and a new system and a new city. You know, maybe, maybe things work out. Maybe he even increases his own trade value by killing it the rest of the season as revenge against Detroit. I mean, for them, it's a low cost, low risk maneuver for a guy who's one of the greatest rebounders in history, despite all his other faults. And for Detroit, as I reported earlier today, this is just a dump. They didn't. They yeah. not They didn't, didn't want to risk him opting into his deal for next season. They would rather have more cap flexibility heading into the summer. They would prefer to invest more in their very, very impressive young forward slash big man Christian Wood, who will be an unrestricted free agent this summer and is a the guy they intend to keep. And for Detroit, it's a logical move for this franchise, despite all Drummond has done, and it sucks that this is the way it is. Like he said, no friends or loyalty, but that's the way it is. This is a business, and that happens it, when it comes to these types of decisions. It just drops on you randomly. Well, and for, I, I, Andre, for Andre Drummond, you know, I hope for him it works out in Cleveland, and for Detroit, this just made sense, and it was something that had to be done.
1: Well, look, I, I wrote, I wrote a long uh, amount. Uh, I spent a lot of time writing about. Uh, how how much I believe in having great veterans around young teams and that in order for young players to fulfill their destiny. And I was extolling the virtues of Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill, guys that I witnessed up close and personal, be amazing veterans for a young team. And when you are in the middle of a rebuild and you are in Cleveland, you know... I'm gonna assume Andre Drummond. You know, if he if he gets out of Detroit, he ain't happy. He's going to Cleveland. I mean, that's why he was so mad. <laughs> uh, all right. And then you got Kevin Love, who I mean, he can't want to get out of there more. So you have Kevin Love and Andre. Like that is a precise. I mean, it's literally what I was talking about. What kind of environment are you putting guys in? How positive are they about the franchise that they're a part of, about winning and a culture and about being a professional and everything else? And the examples that are then set for these guys, like a Sexton, like a Garland, like these other guys, they're sitting there and they're seeing... Tristan Thompson all pissed off, Jr. Smith being sitting at home now. Andre Drummond and Kevin Love sitting there wishing they were any place but there, and talking about how this is just a business and there's no loyalty and whatever. I mean, it is just poison for a young player. I don't understand how these teams, you know, don't understand the the, the effect that it can have on. Young players coming into the league and that they look to the elder statesmen and the veterans on a team as examples because they don't know anything. In many cases, they've been playing basketball year round, you know, every single day of their life for the last 10 years. They they haven't like this is the first real job job they've had. And it's a hell of a job to be in the NBA and then become a professional and have to be on time and have to go do this and have to go do that and be, and all of those things. And you are learning it for the first time. You're learning about being away in many, in sometimes case from home or having a job or having your own place, you know, and they look up to these guys to figure out what this is supposed to be like. And God, I just, I don't understand. You put two grumpy, you know. Well,
0: three three really. Guys. Tr- Tristan Thompson's still there. Three. I know. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. That's just, it's the worst environment you can put young players in. Trust me on this. Is is the disgruntled veteran being in the in the locker room. It's just such a poisonous
0: place. I guess they got to look to uh, Matthew Della Vadova. <laughs>
1: Oh uh, Larry,
0: Larry Nance, Jetty Osmond, who jet Jetty, who I'm not sure is particularly happy either considering one of the out, one of the outbursts at Beeline a couple of weeks back. Yeah, I mean look, Cleveland Cleveland is in a rough spot.
1: They're I don't in a rough spot. I don't understand. I don't understand why they would do that. Even if it is just dumping off. You know what I mean? it's like, it's,
0: it's a low it's a low risk, you know. Medium reward type of situation. I, I don't mind it for either team. I, I think for Detroit, a lot of oh, I love fans, it for
1: Detroit. I love I mean, it.
0: it's so. It's funny to me that you say you love it for Detroit because a lot of Pistons look, fans look at that and you're like, "Are you kidding me? We're we're trading Andre Drummond for." <laughs> So he doesn't pick up the twenty nine million. Okay, look, look. I so when I broke the the details on this trade, I was like, what? John Henson, Brandon Knight in a second round draft pick? That's it."
1: (laughs) No, it's literally so he Uh, doesn't pick up his option. That's it. I know,
0: I know. And and once that was totally clarified to me, which was my assumption anyway, based off conversations throughout the day that Detroit, look, they did not want to trade Christian Wood to anybody that was trying to go for him. Christian Wood is the guy they want to invest in. And in order to feel more comfortable investing in him, and also for Wood to feel like Detroit is the place that he could want to be, you got to move one of the blocks out of the way for his development and his playing time. And that guy was Andre Drummond, because as hard as it is to move Drummond, it's impossible to move Blake Griffin. So he's the only guy that you had, you could move in order to make room for Wood.
1: You know what's crazy? I I just saw Christian Wood... By the way, I saw Aldray Drummond in person earlier in the week too. He had 25 and 18, and it was literally the most. It's it 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 was it, nice counting stats. Had I've ne- I've never seen 25 and 18 have less impact on a game in my life. Um, but Christian Wood was impressive. Came off the bench for them, and I went to his draft workout years ago. I think he was coming out of UNLV, and I mean, major raw, probably, I don't remember what year he was, but it was probably a mistake to come out when he did. And he was just, you saw him and he, and he got pushed around and he was real raw. He was just a cross off, a cross off. Like he ain't no, no interest, right? That is a guy that has just busted his ass and worked his way. And sometimes guys develop at different rates but I was so impressed with him, especially if you could go back and see what he looked like right coming out of college and what he looks like now. Um, I, it's a great story. It really is. And to now that so it's many fantastic. people want him and so many people want him and he is a good player, but that is just hard work, not giving up and, you know, realizing what your, what, what, what your potential is.
0: And you want to talk about, the not, this is a different thing we're talking about in, uh, uh, number one pick in Wiggins when it comes to new situations. But you but new situations and new environments matter. And for Christian Wood, this was his fifth team. It was his fifth team with the Detroit Pistons. And this is somebody who, as you said, landed in a spot that was able to provide him the right opportunity with the right supporting cast around him to get him the ball as a pick-and-roll playmaker, as a pick-and-roll finisher, I should say. I mean, this season, he's shooting over 75% on rolls to the rim. He's shooting over 35% on threes. He's extended his range. He's improved his body. He's improved his screening fundamentals. You mentioned how he got pushed around. This dude at UNLV, he was just an athlete. And he like didn't know how to set a fundamental screen, and little things like that he's gotten so much better at. And, and on the defensive end, Sure, you know, he's still not great, but he's so much better than he was before. And the fact he's only 24 years old right now, the Pistons might have just landed somebody that the Sixers, Hornets, Pelicans, and Bucks thought, had gave a chance, but he wasn't ready in those situations. So for him now in Detroit, it's nice to see that he's going to be getting even more and more minutes over the course of the season, which, you know what? if he keeps playing the way he did this week against Phoenix and against Memphis or last month against Brooklyn. And I, I think he had a really good game against Sacramento as well. No, he also performed well against Memphis last month too, right? Yeah. I remember correctly. Another good good game good. But yeah, if he has more games like that from now through April, boy, one of these young teams that have cap space summer could want to really invest in him. No, he has, four. A,
1: And he, and he is a great story for, kids that it doesn't work out and and it just didn't work out over and over again and he just kept plugging away you know believing in himself and now and now look at him he's to the point where somebody like the Celtics wanted him today which is it's a great story
0: yeah, Um, went undrafted and here he is now he's gonna yep. get a payday this summer good for him
1: let's get to these other stories Uh, we wondered if any of the big time title contenders were gonna make a move and in fact the Clippers did they got Marcus Morris Um, the Knicks got a first round pick Mo Harkless, how could you be Mo Harkless? Um, The rights to someone, Issa Sanon, I did not know who that was. Um, And he's playing overseas still. And Jerome Robinson got moved to the Wizards in that deal, who I actually saw in the G League last year and was light out. Again, he's playing in the G League, but I was impressed that one night I saw him. And they used a high draft pick on him, did the Clippers. Uh, Clippers getting Marcus Morris. What say you?
0: I dig it. I dig it. Uh, Marcus Morris get another big body defender for important potential playoff series, whether it's in the finals against Milwaukee or whether it's against LeBron James uh, in the Western Conference finals. Morris is a guy who can help this roster out. And it came at what's a pretty solid return, I think, for the Knicks harkless as, as a fine as a salary filler but getting the 2020 first round draft pick it's another asset it's more ammo for you to add another player even if it is a weak draft class morris look man like you may have wanted to re-sign him maybe that was posturing i don't know um i would i believe it's the latter that they were just posturing but getting something for marcus morris before he hits unrestricted free agency was a smart thing to do for the knicks and for the clippers to get him you got to maximize your opportunity to to do something special in the playoffs
1: do you think that the uh, the Clippers? Do you think that that was fair value, or do you think that they got you think they gave up a little much?
0: Yeah, I think it's fair value.
1: Okay, you do. The uh, Knicks getting a first round pick. Harkless is like a, he's a, he's a useful player still. You know what I mean? He's not like it's not it's not like you know the the Brandon Knight thing, right? Where you 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 just moved him and he's probably not even going to play for you. Like Mo, Mo Harkless can play. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to the Iguodala well, deal. Well,
0: one, one, one more yep. note on the Clippers. How how much does this swing their fortunes in the postseason? Is this a is this a very important addition? Does this really help them against the Lakers or the Nuggets or any of these other favorites? Or is this just a a nice little addition? Like how how much do you value this for the LA Clippers?
1: Oh, if we're doing the whole win expectancy. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sure. How much does this really
1: help their odds? I mean, I liked them before they had Marcus Morris. So, (laughs) I mean, they're bringing Kawhi and Paul George and uh, Lou Williams and uh, and Montrez to the table. I mean, I already like their chances. Um, You know, it's kind of bolstering the more toughness thing, which is the one thing you worry about with the the Lakers, I think. It's the one thing of like, you know, if it becomes a dogfight, Marcus Morris is another one that'll he's there for it um and so they're kind of the they're they're kind of the rough team they've kind of got the uh they've got the Rottweiler DNA running through that team it helps it helps does it change dramatically does it does it teeter me from thinking hey uh now i think they could beat the lakers if i didn't before i think they could i and i think those are the two prohibitive favorites it probably helps a little bit, but I think that series is probably a seven game series with or without marcus morris does Does that make me confident that they would win the series because they have him? No, but it doesn't it helps so I think minor i guess i've talked myself into minor minor help is he on the court you know when when it matters most
0: i, I yeah, I mean I think they can it depends on a matchup here probably i think, also, Given I think Montrez. Look, Boston last year used Morris sometimes as a small ball five. And yeah. so that's, that's something one. that's something for the Clippers now. When you look at their team, that's something they would have wanted to do with Jamichael Green, but Marcus Morris is better than Jamichael Green. And yep. now, now you have the flexibility to go with Morris at the five, Leonard and George at the three and four, and then plug and play whoever you, you prefer. In the backcourt, whether it's Beverly or Lou Williams or Landry Shamett they have options here and more flexibility with the lineups they put on the floor and able to dictate matchups or respond to matchups on the court. So a great addition for them.
1: All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Iguodala deal, what the Miami Heat and the Memphis Grizzlies did in that deal. Also, we'll get to some of the other minor deals that we have not touched on yet. We'll do that after these words.
0: Today's Ringer NBA show is brought to you by Rockstar Games. The evolving worlds of Grand Theft Auto Online and Red Dead Online had a record-breaking holiday season with more players than ever before. To celebrate, Rockstar Games is offering huge bonuses to players in both GTA Online and Red Dead Online. You can get a cash bonus of up to $2 GTA dollars by playing once each week before February 12th. Red Dead Online players will receive free gifts of items including the Gunslinger's Cache, the Bounty Hunter's Kit, and more. With loads of new gameplay across two thriving living worlds, There has never been a better time to play GTA Online and Red Dead Online. And you know what? I haven't played video games in quite a long time now, but this might just get me back into it because I, as a kid, loved Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead, which is why I'm reading the ad right now. But anyway, let's get back to talking hoops.
1: All right, Kevin, so the Iguodala saga finally came to an end with him ending in Miami, and it was part of a big deal um, for another one of those teams that might have a shot at playing in a conference finals for certain. Uh Andre Iguodala is moved from Memphis to the Miami Heat. I hope everybody understood what I was saying the other day about how uh, the amazing finesse job that Iguodala did with the media, which, if anything, is to be taught in schools. It should be that. He... um <laughs> he he had he had everybody reporting his side of it and his extension bef- like an hour before anything else about the deal was known and then had an espn reporter at a gym within an hour filming a video uh that's uh, promoting his uh, like a, basically an infomercial for the power move he made saying that they should teach it at harvard and I was like, "Oh, this is this is unbelievable!" And at that point, I just had to throw my hands in the air and say, "I can't even hate this guy. Is he's unbelievable? He's got him in the palm of his hands." They get uh, Iguodala, Jay Crowder, Solomon Hill move on to Miami. Uh, Justice Winslow, Gorgie Jing, and Dion Waiters to Memphis. James Johnson lands in Minnesota. All right. Oh, and Iguodala signed a two year extension.
0: You you must, you really love Andre Iguodala. I can just hear it in your voice. You love him so much. I have
1: have never. Do you you
0: have an Iguodala jersey?
1: I have always liked Iguodala. I have, I've always been a big Iguodala fan. Um, I think that it is hilarious the way this whole thing has been treated. I also think it's, I think that what it's going to take for. People all, you know what I mean? I get it, right? The power move, the power move, and all the media loves Andre Iguodala. He's a New York Times bestseller, the author of The Six Man, the whole thing, right? And so he did, he maneuvered his way to where he wanted to be able to play, right? And I've thought a lot about this. The truth is this. Nobody's going to care about this kind of stuff, but people's energy will change on this once it happens in like a big market. Like the places that this has happened, it's happened where? San Antonio. It's happened in New Orleans. it's happened in Minnesota to a lesser degree, and then it's happened in Memphis. When this happens, like in big markets or this happens to so with somebody that people don't like or whatever, then people will really start to change their opinion on it. but frankly, most people view small markets that should just be feeder teams for the big markets anyway um but he this guy, he finessed his way with the media. There's no way around it. He did. I have never had any ill feelings towards him on this, uh, or, I mean, prior to this, and I don't really now. I mean, look, I a guy's going to take care of his own career. I am in awe sure. of the media fawning yeah, and, and, the, and the pass that he got completely. He just totally got a pass, and then, like I said, when Kawhi sits out, <laughs> when Anthony Davis sits out, when Iguodala sits out, it's like nobody really gives a shit because it's all in small markets. If it happens in a big market, people will start to care because they're going to they're gonna draw a line at the whole player empowerment thing, right? The, uh, the, the line will be drawn somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe it's you think the best players should be able to dictate, or maybe it's you think that the, a guy with three rings and a finals MVP should be able to dictate. But like we just had a trade deadline. Like at what point, like what, let's say whoever gets traded to another team. He says, you know what? I don't want to play there. Well, I don't, and, I don't want to play and, there. And, like and at this, what point this is, this is that, is what he alluded is that, to, that not cool? You know, this is,
0: this is what he alluded to though, with like teaching this at Harvard. Yeah. Iguodala, Iguodala did something by taking complete control of his own destiny. I mean, destiny. He, I mean, he spent half the season promoting his book Spending time with family, getting TV experience, and then it turned out that he's getting traded with an extension to get paid more money in Miami, in a state with no state income tax, and he's going to compete in the playoffs and maybe make more money the year after that if he decides he wants to keep playing unless by that point he's ready to retire. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just saying one here. And, and a lot of players, young players across the league are going to look at that and be like, Oh, maybe when I'm 36 years old, I can, I can do this too. I think that's what he all meant when he said maybe. that, you know, this will be taught at schools as you are a veteran
1: I player. I don't know where people draw the line, but let's just say, for instance, let's, let's take a fun one, right? Let's say Marcus Morris said, I don't want to play for the damn Clippers. Find me find me somewhere else. I don't want to play there. I don't want to play there. Therefore, well, controlling his own destiny. He's, I don't want to play there. I just bought a place in New York. Yeah, I don't want to play there. Well,
0: what, what do you think about the deal for, for Memphis?
1: I think that the deal is, he, he, I like the deal contingent upon this. I have always coveted Winslow, okay? So I get to come by this honest. I've always, I've always loved Winslow. Both of
0: us have. As long as I've yeah, known you, yes. one of the things we agree on is we Justice on. Winslow being better and, than he's shown.
1: Yes, and that his best basketball is ahead of him. He has missed entirely too much time to injury. The truth is, if he is uninjured, given what you and I believe he can be, then this deal will end up being great for Memphis. If he continues and he is just plagued with injury, it will be a bad deal. But otherwise, they uh, they had money going into this offseason. They were not going to get a player better than Justice Winslow. It's not the way it works in small markets, right? They've had one big year where they threw money at somebody and they overpaid probably to get a injured player in Chandler Parsons. Their other ones are like, you know, 2 years ago Kyle Anderson, uh, last year Tyus Jones. Like that's the kind of player you get you don't get starting caliber you know wing players uh that are 23 years old that's just not what you get when when you're a small market and you're going out in free agency and so this is the way to attain it and the price of doing it was taking on two contracts um i like the gorgie jing thing because i do think gorgie jing can you know he's he's at least useful right i like I like gorgie i tell you this kev i like gorgie jing this is the craziest thing <laughs> I've told you like anytime you always want to know what people think of the player that you got from those own markets. I had so many people reaching out saying much like with Valanchunas who they were right. I love the guy. They're like, take care of G. This is the greatest guy. You're going to love him. You're going to love guy. Gorgie yeah. Jing. Like everybody had great things to say about Gorgie Jing, which is, it tells me a lot about you. If, the, if, 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 if your fans are, really thought highly of you and and thought of what a great guy you are. Um, So I like that. The Dion Waiters thing, like at this point, it's like, I don't know, I guess if he wants to be a part of it and he's going to be a different guy than he has shown to be, then he'll be a part of it. If not, they'll just cut him. They'll just cut him and he just won't ever be around. You know, they'll just take the hit. Um,
0: Well, and, and taking the hit is what Memphis is doing here with absorbing these salaries. Right. That that's, that's right. That's the opportunity costs for them taking an op- opportunity on justice Winslow as young as he is right now at just 23 years old turns 24 next month Winslow is better than any pick that they were offered from any other team and like we we talked earlier about how the 2020 draft class is so weak for Memphis here Winslow is essentially their draft pick He's, he's the first round draft pick that they got in, in return, a guy who is a multi-positional defender, a guy who at six foot six with a strong frame and long arms can defend big guys, can defend small guys. He can handle the ball for you. He has turned into a, an average three-point shooter for his position and for his role. He is somebody who I think, and I have long thought for many, many years, would be best served playing with a point guard like John ja Morant. he's never played with a guard like him that can go downhill in the pick and roll and that could maybe show Winslow's ability as a screener finishing on the roll or finishing or creating for others in the short roll there's more to Winslow's game well that he has hasn't been able to show and he was good in Miami he just got hurt a lot and here's the hopefully other thing for Kev, him he's able to stay healthy
1: he's 23 and part of a young core that in, I mean it's it's John ja Morant it's Dylan Brooks it's Justice Winslow it's Brandon Clark, it's Jaron Jackson. I mean, he fits the exact age range Absolutely. of something yep. that can be special going forward. And so if the cost is, I mean, look with Gorgie Jang, of course, his contract is bloated, but I am, I am much less concerned with paying, uh, uh, overpaying good guys that are good in the locker room that can also play. And that's exactly what I was just talking about with Solomon Hill, right? Solomon Hill's contract was huge. Nobody cared. Because Solo was a great guy. He was unbelievable to the young players, set a great example, and then he could contribute. You know, he could play for you. Um, And so, yeah, he got paid too much, but he's a great guy to have around. Um, And it appears the same is true of Gorgie Jing. And so if the cost is Dion Waiter's contract, then, you know, he's going to he's going to be a problem or he's going to sure. be upset, then they just he just won't be around. You like, just and got him.
0: And it's the flip side here for Miami. They're, oh. getting, they're, they're washing their hands of Deion Waiters. Let me tell you this. Bring, bringing, bringing in three guys that could be valuable for them. I right? it's a nice trade.
1: love this for Miami. I do. You know, I do. I love it. Look, I'm thinking when you get to the playoffs and I'm throwing out Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, and bam. I mean, God, it's like unleashing a, a a bunch of pit bulls on you. I mean, and a, a when you're talking about versatility, oh, my God, and you're talking about wings, you know what I mean? And I'm who I'm having to go up against, I mean, they'll give hell to Siakam. They'll give hell to uh, Tatum and Brown. I mean, like, it's just not going to be, I would, outside of Milwaukee, they are the team I'd want to play the least now in the East. They are. Because Philly, Ooh, they wow. didn't do shit. I don't know what uh, I thought they were. No, we'll, stop. well, well, Allie we'll get Burks. the
0: we'll get the we'll get the yeah we'll get the Philly in a second. I, I think but, Miami but had Miami, the biggest
1: my, trade deadline in the East by a wide margin.
0: Well, yeah, they did by like by default, really. <laughs> I know, but but you know, with their additions, they it's similar to the Clippers. They can match up in so many different ways. They can play with jumbo sized lineups if they want to, or like they they re- they could go with Butler and Crowder and Morris and Bam, you know, and, and Iguodala at the same time and play really, really big, or they can go smaller. They can have none out there with Drogic and Duncan Robinson or a hero Butler backcourt. They can play so many different ways. Oh. And I think, I think that type of lineup flexibility with the guys you put on the floor is integral and important in today's league to, into having success in the post season. You can't just play one way and have success. You got to have the ability to play different ways and dictate map, matchups. And for Miami, they did want to get Danilo Gallinari from Oklahoma city, but we're not, we're unable to work out an extension with him. So that deal didn't happen with the thunder, but with what they did, it, it's a nice addition and bolsters their, their chances of being frankly, a surprise finals contender before the year, people talked about them as a playoff team, of course, but but they're on they're on par with Toronto and Boston and Indiana and Philadelphia and they might even be a little bit better if they get a version of Iguodala that's better than what we saw last season and with Iggy last year that can't be underrated because this was a guy who is who is 35 years old at the time playing on his fifth finals you know team in a row sort of understandable that you won't look quite as good as you did a couple of years back, and hopefully for Iguodale in the Heat with his time off, <laughs> he's, he's able to be what they hope that he is. Otherwise, the move might not look quite as good, but on wow. paper today, it's a smart move for the Heat.
1: Well, and I think, and look, and I told you, uh, H- Crowder and Hill are both unbelievable locker room guys, and they can both help you. They can both play minutes for you, certainly Crowder, um, and he's tougher than Nails. And so I just, I don't know, man. I, I'd i say past Milwaukee, they are the team I would not want to face. They're going to be a bitch. Um, they already were. And now it's going to be even worse because they got, I mean, this is like Pat Riley who once led, you know, the Anthony Masons and the John Starks, Charles Oakley, Charles Smith teams back, you know, that were putting Scottie Pippen in a sixth row. You can't play physical like that anymore, but he got a lot of those like-minded guys that are all when it matters most they are going to be tough 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 um, and so yeah all, all right like we can go through the east cuz Boston didn't make a move Toronto didn't make a move Philly didn't make a move Indiana didn't well, yeah,
0: make they, a move they Philly made a move Let, don't don't gloss over oh Glenn Robinson
1: sorry <laughs> Glenn, Glenn I, Philly Robin- did make Philly made Glenn, a move Glenn. that I like I yeah I thought they were for real going to go get some shooting that's what so I they, thought.
0: So, so they got a that's career. What was they got a career, 38% three-point shooter in Glenn Robinson. That that's like he might not be a special player or anything like that, but he's a solid player. And I think Glenn Robinson is helpful for what they need
1: off their bench. Okay. I just uh, Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson. I know they've you know had some career revivals. They've also won like two games this year on the team. So those stats, I couldn't care less about those. I just don't like. I thought they were really going to go get like some shooting to you're help excited, them. Like, you're excited about Gorgie Jang. No, I'm not. I'm not excited about Gorgie Jang. <laughs> and, and look, I ain't trying to win a title. You know what I'm saying? That team's... Don't you think they should be trying to win a title right now? Yeah, and, they, go,
0: they got these guys for like nothing.
1: Okay. I'm saying they didn't add
0: anything I'm not, I'm else. not saying these guys are going to win Philly the title.
1: Uh, hopefully they can get in the buyout market. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully like they did with Bellinelli and Illasova a couple years ago and that really helped them. Um maybe they maybe there's some guys out there that could they could augment with. But I was underwhelmed with the trade deadline. I thought that their season has been underwhelming, so I thought they would be I thought they would be aggressive at the trade deadline. If I got Simmons and Embiid and Horford and Tobias and these guys like I'm going for it. I'm going for it. And Going for it by adding Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. I don't know. So, anyways, Eastern Conference. I mean, Miami—they're the big winner, right? Nothing else
0: in the East. Yeah, yeah, it's the truth. There's nothing really else from the Eastern Conference that yeah. comes even close to that. All right. Well, how uh, much- Atlanta getting Scalabica from the Blazers. Uh, J- James Ennis going to the Magic. I don't think so. The only thing that's arguable got to be Clint Capella to Atlanta, right?
1: Yep, and we got to get into that because we did not talk about the Capella deal. Um, Capella went to Atlanta. The Rockets got Robert Covington. Uh, they got a second round pick from the Hawks. Who else did they end up with? Oh, Jordan Bell moved over uh in that deal. But then uh, Jordan
0: Bell went to Memphis.
1: Yeah, they've already moved. Uh the Nuggets, Bruno. and the Nuggets then got uh Shabazz Napier, who they've already moved. Uh Noah Von Lee, Kata Bates Jop. Gerald Green, who's been hurt, a 2020 first round pick. So the Nuggets, uh, you know, were involved in that one a little bit. Uh, I guess. Look, the we expect that the Hawks, like whatever they got, Clint Capella, they've got like six or seven wins this year. Hopefully that works out for them going forward. Um, and it's a good pairing with Trey Young. Um, the Rockets is the big one, and how this affects that. Do you think the Rockets got better? Yes. I think they got better for the regular season, worse for the playoffs.
0: Why, worse for the playoffs, why?
1: Because I think the playoffs slow down, and I think you are going to get absolutely crushed rebounding.
0: Here's the thing, though. What comes next? Is there a guy in the buyout market that they can use as a big man for you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes in a game? Maybe. Because Because I think with Capella, it was the, the costs. Would you rather have a guy that is not as important to you or a guy that is a more versatile defender and a better shooter who can space the floor? Because for Houston, yes, for years now, the James Harden, Clint Capella connection in the pick and roll for lob dunks was like lob city south. But here's the thing. They don't run as much pick and roll anymore. In 2016-17, the Rockets finished 7th in the NBA and place finished using pick and roll, but that's been on a, on a decline each year. In 2017-18, it was ninth. In 2018-19, it was 23rd. And this season, they are 30th, last in the league in place finished using the pick and roll. And yeah, now... Yeah, but didn't you, I you did you not read everybody. that thing?
1: John Schumann said that that's not that uh, because uh, but when you add in all the cutting and the actual it's not just the pick and roll but if you add all of the moving to the goal from this play that it's not much less
0: it's if you it, they they are setting fewer on ball screens and pick and roll than they were in past seasons period that's a fact if you do factor in the fact that if you're switching a screen and you know then then capella gets the ball anyway then sure like he's He's still getting opportunities at the rim. Of course, he's still catching lob dunks. You're seeing, look, just look at the numbers. He's averaging 9.9 field goal attempts compared to 10.9 last year. It's not a significant difference, but my point is, is that his greatest value to the Houston offense was as a pick and roll screener. That was his greatest value. Even if he's only shooting one shot less than, than he was last season. But what matters more is it that. Is it the rim protection that he brings, and knowing that in the playoffs in the past couple of years his minutes have declined every single year? Well, it you know, didn't it depend on matchup. Is it is it adding Robert Covington though he, with the shooting he provides and the defensive versatility? What's he, more important?
1: I don't know. I, I look. I know this. He dominated that Utah series a couple of years ago. I mean, he's switching on to Donovan Mitchell and blocking shots. I mean, he had games with six and seven blocks in those games, and you need him against Gobert and. I don't know man when I'm having to face Jokic in the playoffs, Gobert in the playoffs, Anthony Davis in the playoffs, you know, that whole group of guys at the Clippers now with Morris and Harrell and George and Kawhi, like I think I could I I, I don't know. Uh, to me, I guess we'll see. We're we're going to see if the offense and the small ball if that wins out in the end, right? I mean,
0: I got to admit like I'm almost I'm almost not even totally ready to talk about what this team will be in the postseason because they still can add one more guy, one more big man from free agency. So you look at them now, yeah, they're going to be playing a ton of small ball. That goes without saying. But how many minutes are then distributed to Tyson Chandler, to Isaiah Hartenstein, to Jordan Bell, who they just acquired? Mm-hmm. These guys, none of them at Jordan this Bell's point gone. in their career.
1: He's already gone.
0: For for Bruno Cabocla, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so for, for Bruno Cabocla, Bruno is effectively a big with the way he plays. He's he's not a traditional big by any means, but they have guys that they're going to be putting in that spot at the five. And I wonder what's the next guy that they add to maybe give you a couple more minutes on the court. I don't know who that guy is, but they're in all likelihood. They're going to add somebody.
1: All right. I think they got better for regular season basketball and worse for playoff basketball. You think they just got better overall. The Nuggets—they uh, got better. This, uh,
0: I, I really do. Th- I really do think Houston got is one of the I, winners of the deadline.
1: Uh, the, the Nuggets perplexing to me. I don't understand. I, I, I mean, I guess you know you weren't going to pay those guys, but in this year where I could have home court advantage, like, am I better now than I was five days ago? Like, I almost would have just let it ride with Beasley and Hernan Gomez and have that depth. On my team until the off season, and then figure it out. And if I lose them, I lose them. If I do a sign and trade, I do a sign and trade. Whatever. But I don't know, man. They didn't get. They didn't. They did not get better. Would you agree with me? They Didn't get better at this deadline. They got worse.
0: I don't totally agree. Actually, I I think Cade Bates Diop was probably the more underrated and overlooked player from this trade. And granted, he didn't play a lot for Minnesota, but. In limited minutes, with more opportunity, he did show that he can be a rock solid rotation player for you. So I think th- in that sense, nice. And
1: no, for and, this year, I'm saying for this year, you'd rather have Kata beats J- or Bates Jop than Beasley and Hernan Gomez and
0: Jordan McRae, who they flipped Shabazz Napier for. Yeah. To to me, it's it's sort of a wash. Really? Um, yeah. I I, I mean, oh, with Malik, wow. Look, I like Malik Beasley in a vacuum more. But how much is he really going to be playing over the some of the uh, some of the other guys
1: on that roster? Are these guys playing? I know, I know. Beasley can if if I don't if, know. If, 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 I, I, I don't I'm know. just saying if Jamal Murray, you know, hurts himself, I'm throwing Paul, I'm throwing Beasley in the game and feel good about it.
0: I don't know, but I, uh, what I what I do know is if Paul Millsap were to get hurt or something like that you have a guy like Noah Vonley who can at least sort of you know, <laughs> fill in for a little while.
1: You and Noah Vonley.
0: Yeah, I like Noah
1: Vonley. I love you you, you, gonna... you. you are never going to.
0: You know I like Noah Vonley. I have for a long time now. He stinks.
1: He stinks. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, other ones around <laughs> the edges. Uh, so you covered Shabazz Napier and Jordan McRae. That was a huge deal. Um, Dwayne Dedman and a uh, couple seconds. Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn moving to Sacramento as the Sacramento offseason to the trade deadline saga continues. <laughs> they sign veterans in free agency and then the same year they get rid of oh, him. No,
0: wait, wait one second. We did we didn't talk about the Atlanta side. And that that's a big trade for them. Oh, Capella? Yeah, we didn't talk about that side. That that's a a big acquisition for them that I don't particularly love because with the Capella John Collins front court, I'm a little weirded out by how this is going to work with these two guys because with John Collins, he's at his best as a lob guy with Trey Young. However, when he shared the court this season with another big man, half of his shot attempts were jump shots. And when he was the lone center on the court, only a quarter were. He was used far more often in the pick and roll. So we're going to see John Collins a lot more often just being a jump shooter. And I'm not sure that's the best usage of what he is as a player. And granted, he has become a solid spot up three point shooter. It's not his best skill. And for Atlanta, I'm just curious to see the way this is going to work. It's worth adding Capella for what she gave up to be sure. But the fit here is a little bit weird. And I'm curious to see how Atlanta works things out.
1: This is one of those where every tip, everything is relative. And I had mentally prepared myself for them doing something as goofy as trading for Andre Drummond. And so then when you find out they got Capella, I'm like, eh, you know what? At least if your point guard can't guard anybody, you got somebody back there that could swoop in and block a shot here and there, right? Yeah, if you're yeah, yeah, If you're Clint Capella, be, right? I'm thinking about it, it, it from, helps, from yes. that side of things. It helps. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, and again, when the standard was the Hawks are trading for Andre Drummond or thinking about it, and then they end up with Clint Capella all the while, you know, not giving up. It's not like they gave up some kind of muster assets going no. forward, right? No. And they and they landed Clint Capella, who's young enough to certainly be a part of what they've got going forward. Um, and then they got Dwayne Deadman. Yeah, and they got Dwayne Dedman. A lot of bigs. Uh, they moved off, and they get Dwayne Dedman back after Dwayne Dedman left, right? They already had Dwayne Dedman prior to. Um, and Sacramento, like they they sign these guys. When I talked about veterans and what kind of environment and whatever, I mean, it's honestly a, a case study and what not to do. They bring in guys like Trevor Reza and Dwayne Dedman and these guys, like every, they've got young players to nurture with De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, Buddy Healed, even to that degree. And then they surround them by veterans who either want out of there or they send home like they did Zebo a couple years ago. Or it's just bananas to me how they mismanage this when all they need is some healthy, uh, good environment and create a culture and whatever else. And instead, you know, here they are again spinning their wheels and they got a, they spent $40 million on Dwayne Deadman and then by the trade deadline, they're moving off him and they ain't got nothing to show for cap space they had for two years, you know? Um, Just crazy to me. And, I mean Jabari Parker and Alex Lund go there, but do you do you view them as big future pieces for the Kings going forward? I, you know, right? So I don't understand. I, I, I again, I think the league has gotten really, really smart. Uh, I think that's what we found. There are so many deals where I find them to be mutually beneficial, m- much more than I did in the past. But what they do there is still goofier than all shit. <laughs>
0: And and this was a deadline in which most of the deals, it's like, oh, eh, not bad for each side. Not bad. <laughs> no,
1: I yeah. see it. I at least see yeah, it. Yeah, like, hey, I sure. can see how that helps both teams.
0: Except for you don't feel that way about Golden State with Wiggins. That's pretty much the only one that stands out to you where you're like, what, what are you doing this for?
1: Oh, I don't like it for Cleveland. I don't like that for Cleveland. yeah, and Getting and, drumming. And you, don't like
0: it for, you don't. So the only deals you really don't like are. 't say getting Wiggins and Cleveland getting Drummond. Yeah, other, lo- other than that
1: I don't it's like I don't love it for Houston, but I'm certainly willing to let it play out you okay. know I don't yeah. love it, but I, I I wouldn't have done it, but I'm letting it play out. oh I, yes, I would not have done I would not have done the deal if I were Golden State, I would not have done the deal if I were Cleveland sometimes more for off the court reasons than on, certainly in the Cleveland case. I just you know what am I doing? Am I rebuilding? You know what I mean? Am I rebuilding? And I guess is Andre Drummond part of my rebuild that I want going forward? He's picking up that option. I Think he's going to opt out at twenty nine million bucks?
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> not, not not with this market this summer, and and that's going to be one of the themes moving forward throughout the year into the offseason off season. Is the amount of money that's out there is pretty insignificant. You know, if you look at cap projections for the summer, it's really only New York, Miami. Charlotte, Detroit, and Atlanta that could have cap space summer. It's just not many, many teams out there. So, you know, for for you know, a team like that, it could end up that we see a lot of sign and trades over the summer.
1: All right. I would say my favorites I really liked what Minnesota did, this whole deadline. I thought Minnesota I thought that guy did a great, great job. I did. Um, if the Winslow thing works out, it'll obviously work out famously for the Grizzlies. I love what the Heat assembled if I'm trying to win playoff series. So, those are the ones that stand out to me the most. Probably the Heat and the and the T-Wolves. Because the T-Wolves now, now you can start to see how this thing gets built there. When it was really hard. with The Wiggins and Towns thing was never going to take. And then with the Heat, it's just, they moved from, you know, amongst the group to outside of Milwaukee. They're the team I don't want to play.
0: To me, I think it's, you know, Golden State, as we talked about earlier, I really like what they did. I like what Minnesota did. That works out for both teams, in my opinion. Clippers adding Marcus Morris is a really great addition for what they can be in the postseason. Miami, for all the reasons you mentioned. Houston, for all the reasons I just discussed earlier. And we'll see what they do with adding another center through free agency or the buyout market. And then other than that, I'd look at, you know, Philly adding... The two guys they did, I like adding Clinton Robinson. I like adding Alex Bur- Alec Burks. But with that said, though, I I am a bit surprised and a bit disappointed that this team wasn't able to find another difference maker somewhere out there. And yesterday, there was a report today that Josh Richardson organized a team uh, players-only meeting for the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that, quite frankly, there's something wrong here within the locker room. Al Horford mentioned it. Joel Embiid mentioned how guys aren't sacrificing. There's something wrong here. And I think you look at that, maybe a shakeup would have been necessary just to get some different flavor on the roster with guys that are going to be in your top seven, eight, or nine of the rotation. And Robinson or Burks might be. And I like those additions for the back end of the roster, but I, I would have, I wish they could have done something a bit better for that team.
1: Uh, and last thing, uh, Tristan Thompson if you're if you're Danny Ainge is that is that what you run for is that what you're trying to get hoping you know if it gets if the buyout happens that you want him
0: I don't think Tristan Thompson gets bought out you don't I wouldn't oh. I wouldn't rule it out entirely I just I wouldn't rule it out. I know there's a report today so, so, from, from from David Aldridge. He reported that Thompson won't be bought out, and he's going to finish the rest of the season in Cleveland, as have many others who reported that over the. Well, recent he's going to be
1: he's going to be thrilled well, losing I, I losing know. his spot to Andre Drummond. I
0: know, and that's what I mean. I <laughs> wouldn't rule it out. Things can <laughs> hey, change before you know, March.
1: You know hey, what I mean. Right, I just, you can't rule it out. I know, but I'm I'm already on a terrible team, and I don't get to start on the terrible. team. Yes, teams.
0: and and that's that's why it shouldn't be ruled out. And if that were to happen, of course, a team like Boston would go for him. You'd see the Clippers after him as well.
1: I tell you this, what is very exciting, we will get to see. And I don't think Covington will be able to be in uniform yet, but we'll see how the how the Rockets look against the Lakers tonight. You know, when I talked uh, about yeah. how that size, I don't, I don't like that they don't have anything, you know, when it comes time. And, and which, you know, which, which wins out? Is their small ball plays the big guys off the court, or do the Jokic's go bears, Anthony Davis's of the world just mutilate them because they're too little?
0: And then the game earlier in the night, which, you know, obviously we're not going to get to discuss either of these games for, you know, tomorrow, whenever you guys hear this, listening to it. But Philadelphia at Milwaukee tonight after Uh, losing three in a row, after a players only meeting, losses on the road to Atlanta, Boston, and Miami, and they just got killed by Miami earlier in the week. That was, that was horrific performance for them uh, against Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Tonight, you know, time to bounce back on the road against Milwaukee.
1: That ain't the place to try to bounce back. <laughs> it, it, it is
0: not the place to bounce back. That's for sure.
1: Uh, Kevin, have an unbelievable weekend. This was a fun deadline. I didn't know. We, we yeah. didn't know what to expect, but this turned out to be fun. It it
0: sure beat Robert Covington being the best player traded (laughs) on the deadline. I'm excited.
1: Thank you to Bobby Wagner for producing another episode. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes. Five stars, five stars. It really helps. And we will talk to you next week.